1: you have been waiting for all season, right around the corner. And DraftKings, uh, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes. Up for grabs. Download the DraftKing app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free, again, free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to twenty-five or $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island. Welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy, how's it going, my friend?
2: It's going great, man. It's been a a weird day for reasons we'll get into when we cover hockey a little bit more. But as we've been telling everyone, we're very excited about, uh, well, a pretty extended segment we're going to have here with some of the great folks over at Back Channel Brewing. Um, Yeah. I just want to get into it.
1: They are so excited to talk to us. They they jumped in right away. I was like, hold on, guys. I gotta I gotta I gotta do an ad read here. No, that was my bad. Producer Pidge is not here hitting switches and controls tonight, so I'm on both the uh, host and producer duties. And I'm I'm so lucky that I have the best co-host in the world uh, to help me out riding shotgun. Shotgun here. Uh, it's gonna be fun here. Like we said, we got a great show ahead of us. Hoppy hour right away with Josh and Mark of Back Channel Brewing, and then we are gonna dive into some hockey talk as well in this show. We're gonna bring on Joey Neto. In In that segment, we have some wild discussion sprinkled in as this is a wild and beer-based podcast. And then we got a special edition of Judge Joey, or at least we hope so. You'll find out at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Transitioning here. Uh, Minnesotans, are you frustrated that we'll probably be the last state to legalize sports betting? Yeah, me too. Are you looking for a way to scratch that itch? Look no further than our new partner, DraftKings, the one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy needs. Think Kaprizov is popping off tonight. Well, for whatever reason, our friends at DraftKings have not caught on to what he's going to be, and he's only $5,100 on your salary cap. You think Johansson is going to finally figure it out? Me either. But if you're the one person out there that's nodding along, you can throw him into your lineup for 2900 dollars But entries start as low as $1, so don't be afraid to dip your toes into the water if you're new to the whole DFS scene. Be sure to use promo code THPN to capitalize on their weekly sign-up bonuses each week. Um, And now I'll throw it over to Isha for our contractually obligated ad read.
1: Yes, yes. Thanks, Hoppy. Uh, Pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge Only at DraftKings The official daily fantasy partner Of Super Bowl 55 Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply See DraftKings.com for details Let's get into the Hoppy Hour Here on episode 123 of the Soda Pod, Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network
3: First I'd like to propose a toast To UMD goaltender Alex Stalak To
1: Stalak To Stalak
3: I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know,
2: I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Oh, you're all hopped out? As I mentioned, you're joining us live on the Soda Pod from Back Channel Brewing. We have Josh and Mark. How are we doing tonight, fellas?
3: Doing real well. You're Excited Good. Excited to be here. here.
2: Glad to have you guys. And first question with every guest, what are we both drinking? I think we might be drinking
3: uh, the same thing, but we've got a brand new IPA. It hasn't even technically been released to the public yet, just uh, just the folks on this camera right here. But Shrewd Crude, Mark, I'll let you take it away on this one here.
4: There it is. Yeah, it's a uh, New England IPA. Uh, I found a new experimental New Zealand hop. Super juicy, fruity uh, flavors of like lime, mango, uh, guava, a little bit of strawberry in there, and orange. It's uh it's it's a ripping, ripping little IPA. I was excited to get it out. So we just put it on tap today, like two and a half hours ago.
2: I'm so excited. I haven't even tasted it yet, Josh. (laughs) Well, here we go. This will kind of stem us into some conversation then. Um, I've only done this once or twice in the tap room, but we are going with the beer bowl as the serving apparatus. Now you guys will have to critique me here on form, but, uh, to each their own. You know, I'm personally a, a one-handed bowler myself. See, that's,
3: my- that's
2: a very good point. If I can master that, that's key because that is my one criticism is it, it really doesn't allow you to multitask very well.
3: No, but at the same token, it requires a deliberate attention to your beer. So now you're paying attention to to what you're about to enjoy a little bit more than, than just a casual, you know, one of those guys right there.
4: Well, I'm going to join you on the bowl here.
2: Oh, beautiful! I, oh, I was, oh. was going to have the the Drecker bowl too.
3: Glad you got the. i was going to say you, you
2: gotta you gotta put that in my face when I think they sold out in like an hour of those, and I was really pushing to get one. So, fair enough.
3: Yeah, Goodbye, no. I, Je, Jesse should have doubled up the order on that one. You know he's listening. <laughs> it's on you, Jesse. <laughs> what do you think that, about the bowl?
2: You know, I, I get what you guys are going for with it, because, I mean, uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is, like, the whole aspect here is, like, the way that you're bringing it in, the smell, it's going to enhance the flavor. Uh, obviously, I haven't had this outside of a bowl, because like you said, you just released it, but <laughs> it, maybe it's just an incredible beer. It probably is, but I I definitely can see what you guys are going for with that, but I might have to do a side-by-side here and see what it's like in a glass in a second.
4: Absolutely. You get a face full of beer, and it's fun. It's something different.
3: Yes, and beer totally. is fun. When we opened, uh, you know, in at the end of towards the end of two thousand seventeen, we had a bunch of different glassware styles. So this really did fit into what we were trying to do, and that's educate uh, the consumer on uh, proper vessels to go with certain different beer styles. Because beer is not just beer. There's so many different styles out there, and that's part of our mo. As we focus on styles from top to bottom, with a special emphasis on IPAs, lagers, imperial stouts, fruited beers as well.
2: Talk a little bit more. I mean, you, you already went back to kind of when you guys, you know, broke into beer in Minnesota. Like, talk about the origin stories, how this all got started, and kind of the journey along the way to get to where you are now.
3: I'll, yep, yeah yeah. I'll go. I'll go for that one. I'll, do you want me to start, Mark? Oh yeah, go for all it. Right. Tell you. Sure. Sure, sure. Uh, gosh, you know how it all started. So we're talking about how a back channel all started here. Is that what it was? how this all came together however you want to frame it oh my gosh wow it's a long story here you know i'm gonna it's it started out uh myself my wife and our good friend Oli uh pursued a little garage brewery and uh i had uh known mark since kindergarten and reached out to him because he was winning awards in the homebrew level and then one of our other friends caught wind of what we were doing uh, and he was the general contractor so you know we kind of became this uh, five sum in a sense with all different skill sets and as we uh, prepared uh, the brewery everybody was kind of managing their role Joel from the building standpoint you know Oli from uh, like a brewing planning standpoint Uh, Melissa from uh, like an entire front of the house and brand standpoint and then Mark and I tag teaming on all fronts and then doing a lot of the home brewing just early on uh, and uh, it was just kind of came to be. And then when we, you know, we, we consider ourselves the five-legged table because that's, that's the sturdiest table you can get. And then uh, when we opened up, uh, it was just kind of uh, a whirlwind of experience, you know, uh, it, it was awesome. We got great support from our community and then um, kind of branched into our, to our own roles and. Now, Melissa and I are running the front of the house. Ole and Mark are crushing the back of the house. Uh, Joe is building everything that you see, and uh, you know we've kind of added an employee and 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 added, and really just added the, the attitude of who we are and the identity of who we are um, as the, as each month has gone by. And uh, the first the first point of us really kind of showing who we are as an identity or as as a brewery. What well, was the bowl in a sense because you know. We don't take life too seriously life is life is meant to be fun and you know, we work hard and we play hard and uh you know the, the bowl kind of came to be off of a happenstance trip in Asheville, north carolina we we travel all over the place for for inspiration you know back channel is the culmination of uh many visits to to certain locations and uh you know we are we consider ourselves that neighborhood style brewery uh for the lake minnetonka area and, uh, and that extends beyond just our community into the Minnesota beer community as a whole. But Asheville was a special place for us. And uh, that's kind of where the bowl started. And it just more or less stemmed into this accidental experience where we were drinking so many beers from breweries that gave us beer and we would give them beer. And it was this fun little, hey, hey you know, and we, we didn't have enough suitcases to fly home with. So doing the <laughs> best that we could and uh, the old Airbnb that we stayed at, uh, did not have a working dishwasher. We ran out of glassware. And uh, when it came to some delicious IPAs, in particular, Citra Quenchal from Heist. A friend of mine from Charlotte brought that up. Delicious beer. A high, a high. Yeah. And the uh, only thing that was left in the cupboard was some bowls. So I, I looked back at the guys. And I was like, you guys good with pouring some beers in bowls? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So didn't think anything of it. Got some beer in a bowl. And uh, look over at Oli. And uh, he was just face deep in this bowl. He couldn't even see his face, and it was it was funny. Uh, I threw up on my shoe a little bit, laughing so hard. Uh, and we knew that we were or something, you know. It was just something we we're like, can we actually do this? And then we were doing research, and we found out that Vikings and Nordic people used ale bowls during celebrations. And we love IPAs. Every time we release a new one, we're like, yes, this is great. So why not celebrate? Yes. Yeah. So why not celebrate the release of a fresh IPA, much like the Vikings with an ale bowl? The Nordic word <laughs> "skål" literally translates to "bowl" in English. Sorry for the ten-minute monologue there.
2: No, that was great. And I mean, I know it was ten minutes, but Mark, anything he missed, or anything you want to add, whether it's from the brewery perspective, or I know Josh mentioned the community too.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that like a lot of people thought that there was this like elitist brewery that was doing this like completely outrageous thing. And really what it boils down to is we like to do things and we like to have fun. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the crux of everything at the core of everything. Um, one other thing that we have done is like, it usually starts with an idea. We meet on Mondays, the five of us and, usually there's somebody that says something and everybody starts chirping in and these ideas just like really get legs of their own. So like one of the things that we've done is uh, we invented a game called shuffle puck, which is like a mixture of like bags with curling with shuffleboard. It has its, whole, its own whole rule set. Uh, it, there's like specific pucks that we use for it. Josh has created uh actual shuffle puck starting here
3: yeah you gotta gotta get everybody into the spirit of shuffle puck before you play (laughs) so
4: So like there's so many ideas like this that that we do and if you look at our social media you can see the videos out there i mean we really we don't take ourselves too seriously we like to have fun and we want people along with us for that ride like we want to we we want to be part of it with you and have you experience it with us and um, so I, as far as community is concerned, whether it's beer or immediate, um, actually as a quick side story, um, when I first started there, we had a lot of people like, as we're getting our equipment ready and doing our first couple of batches and, and like a, a brewing area is not necessarily the safest at times when you're depending on what you're doing. And, um, we would just have people like walk on back and, Hey, what's up guys. And they'd come and try to, try to chat with us. And it's like, Whoa, like, we're going to have to ask you to go back to the front. And um, one of the things we kept hearing time and time again, is like the way that we feel when we walk in here is like, we're going to a buddy's house and um, you know, what more could you ask for as a, as a business owner and, you know, as part of that community. And as far as the brewing community is concerned, we just, you know, we're, we're not out to, we just want to make good beer and we want to, we like to hang out with people that have the same ideas behind it as well.
1: No, oh, that's awesome. And Hey, the long winded answers, that's exactly what we need on a podcast. So you guys are perfect. You're already all stars. <laughs> Way less work for us. <laughs> Boom. You, Josh, We'll, we'll I take just, care of you guys. I just really wanted to, I wanted to wonder if you don't have to do the whole thing, but you, could you give us at least a snippet of that cheer for this, for this uh, shuffle puck game?
3: <clears throat> oh, it's nothing special, but, uh, I gather everybody in between the shuffle puck ranks everybody's got their stick, which is an actual, like, shuffleboard stick. You know, think if you're on a cruise ship with, you know, a bunch of of elderly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we got all those. And then I go down in a deep crouch. And then everybody dons the the stick over me, kind of like knighting me in a sense. And then I go, uh, what do I do? What do I do? I haven't done it this year because we didn't have shuffle puck. You know, COVID. Uh, what I say? Y'all ready to shuffle puck? Everybody go! Yeah! Like, One, two, three! Shuffle puck! And then I, you know, I shoot up and I do a little spin and then everybody. As yes, out, out
4: of the stick like a like a synchronized swimmer
3: coming out of the water.
1: Yeah! Oh my god! Yeah! Just
3: not, or a or a mermaid for the <laughs> right, yeah beer for, for, the, for the lucky patrons that walk in. The moment that we're doing that, I can only imagine how like glorious that is and what are they doing? You know what I mean? Like, is something wrong with him? Is he injured? Should I call somebody? I don't know. It works out pretty good, but it's fine. I'm adding
1: that that to my checklist of like things I got to get done when I come and do my tour of Minnesota, guys. Yeah. I gotta Absolutely. see this cheer. I gotta see or partake in this cheer, boys. Um, but uh, I, I want to, you gave us a little bit of the well, a lot of the origin story there. Um, talk a little bit more about well your logo and just branding overall uh, at Back Channel.
3: Sure. So you know we're located on Lake Minnetonka, which is the ninth largest lake of on Minnesota. Uh, so water is who we are, who our brewery is in a sense, and we wanted to have our logo speak to that. Uh, so the, the the symbols that you can kind of see let me see if you know you can kind of see the the, the shape there is a directional symbol on a compass and those squiggly lines are depth lines taken specifically from a, a like a lake topography map on Lake Minnetonka so, the arrow is meant to be navigational because you can get to our brewery by lake you can get to it by foot you can use the dakota bike trail you can get there by car you can do all that but then uh, the water represents lake minnetonka as well as the most important ingredient of beer which also happens to be water so a lot of breweries will have wheat or hops or barley as a part of their logo but we to focus on water and you know and mark can speak to this but uh you know we treat our water with 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 every single batch to 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 create a specific water profile that's going to create the best characteristics of that beer so um that's just an element of who we are and then you know the name itself back channel we're on a back channel of lake minnetonka uh if you're coming from the cities that is and back channeling is a secondary or secretive way to pass information around so we back channel the identity of famous minnesotans through our beer names Uh, so it's a good way to just kind of have hidden trivia in there tie into our state a little bit more Uh, and engage our consumers in something other than just, you know, naming a beer stout or porter or IPA, you know?
2: (laughs) No, that's fair. And uh, so a couple questions that stem off that first for either of you, what's your favorite or most unique or most like encrypted beer name that you guys have come up with and maybe give a little background on it.
3: Oh, Oh. I got a cat. (laughs) This is is Louie. That wow, he's gotten huge. He's gotten big. He's a big cat. Yeah, he's, a, he's, oh, he's a kid. He's huge. Favorite beer name? There are so many of them. There's so many that we had like couldn't use, you know, almost, but
4: we're, I think. Uh, I mean, the two that really stick out to me, there's a third that I can't. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come to me. But the two, my first true love beer name was the Gantlifter. I. Uh, it's spectacular. And the story behind it is when Kent Herbeck lifted Ron Gantt off first base in the World Series game three, I think it was. Um, so it's named after Kent Herbeck because he is the Gantt lifter, because he lifted Ron Gantt.
3: That was what I sold the group on when, I were, when we were coming up with the names Lake Maker, Gantt Lifter, and the other one was uh, Neck Dart. that's a that's a favorite of mine just because it's a in new new sean william scott and uh he's the cameo king and in old school when he's messing with the goat and then uh, you know the dart gets shot in will ferrell's neck neck dart's funny because it's tough for people to figure that out (laughs) only brew that beer once or twice um But yeah, it's funny. Some people get offended by some, you know, one of them, one of the first beers we came out with was Harry Peter. And people were like, what are you doing? It's so mean. It's like, that's Bud Grant's name. (laughs) We were,
4: we were, we were having an event. We were, we have like our members were doing like a beer tasting with us. And we were like, Hey guys, like, we just want to let you know, uh, next beer that's coming out since you're special to us, we want to let you know what this is, big imperial style we actually have it on tap and people are like yeah well, cool and they're all getting chatty and it was either josh or i yell out its name is harry peter and you could have heard a pin drop in that room because people got so uncomfortable by it
3: yeah (laughs)
1: on the flip
4: side of that we also have horny sidekick which people love saying so like i got my horny sidekick right here and it's like all right we just need to have horny sidekick and harry peter out together and I think we have a match made in heaven.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's Absolutely. amazing. There you well, go. One of our questions. And only
4: sidekick is after Babe the Blue Ox. <sighs> record.
1: Well, and that was, you know, one of our questions here that we wanted to throw to you guys was like, where did you come up with, I guess, just this idea with your, well, your unique, your unique naming conventions there. Cause obviously there's uh there's a hockey related one that, uh, that I'm sure Hoppy's talked about in the podcast. And if not with, with me for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, from what i heard actually today he gave you an idea for a new one which i'm sure will be very very popular Ooh, yes. but uh, but talk a little bit about just like why you guys decided to go with this way of naming your your beers well you know
3: russian river has uh, like supplication consecration temptation it was kind of a theme and then you know other breweries will maybe catch on to it and start using that there's only so many I, only so many ion things that you can do right so we wanted to have a theme for our beers that would be everlasting. So, we thought that we would just pay ode to famous Minnesotans or people with significant ties or Minnesotans through code name, you know, similar to like back channeling. Um, so, it was just our way of describing someone that exists and it's our description. So, you know, we can do it however we want. And it's just this you wouldn't believe how many. You know, Minnesota, how many cool Minnesotans there are there? How many people have significant ties that we can pay homage to through beer? And it also allows us to connect with these people as well. So it's it's a charming session. And with that being said, when
4: Josh pitched the idea initially, Josh is an avid paper reader, reads the paper every single day. And so when he came to the group and was talking about this, he already had like multiple pages of a notebook just filled with names and like, who this person, what this person's name is and what they did. So it was a great start to, sometimes you just scroll through the list and you're like, I had no idea they were from Minnesota. And some paper years ago, Josh read it and he's been just keeping a ledger.
3: Yeah, it's fun. And it's a way to bring all of us into the naming theme too, because we can, time it with a current event. We can time it with uh, someone we want to pay homage to. We can time yeah. it with uh, just about anything. And then, uh, you know, then we get rolling on it. You know, it's like, it, it's just, it's fun. And it's it's a good way for all of us to engage on a weekly basis because we're churning out, Mark's churning out beers left and right. You know, the beer, it, so it's it's really, they're, they're feeding off each other almost, those, those beers and all the names, it, yeah. people love that. Well, and I think it's
2: really cool how you guys, like, don't just make the name pay homage. Like, the board that you have for each beer has, like, an image that goes with it. And then within the description of the beer on your menu, like, it also ties to it. Because, like, Horny Sidekick, like, I read that. I'm like, what the hell is that? And then I, like, saw the picture. I'm like, oh, okay. I got it. Like, you can tie it all together with, like, the different clues. And, like, the first one that I noticed, because I didn't even, like, know that until someone pointed it out to me. But the first one that it clicked with was the Soviet Slayer. And like I'm sitting with a group of people that like don't know what that could mean. I'm like, are you joking? Like I didn't even need to see the clues and I know who that is. Um, But to tie off of Soviet Slayer, Josh, I I already kind of lobbed it to you. This is a softball, but you're going to have to do another kind of Russian Imperial stout called the Soviet Savior. Are you not?
3: 100 percent I mean Kirill the thrill is the real the real Uh, Oh, that was awful (laughs) but uh yeah Kaprizov is going to be a stud for many years and he is physically mature coming in as a as a quote-unquote rookie you know what I mean Uh, and there's a lot of good rookies that you can follow in the NHL right now um but like Kaprizov is making a immediate impact it's it's something that minnesota hockey fans have been yearning for for you know since the early gabrick days
1: yeah yeah no absolutely um yeah no
3: the soviet savior well done i like that
1: he's got he's got so many he's got a list of names they're even in this outline so if you guys want some more just hit us up after yeah don't you worry I'll we'll share some more with you. Um, you know, we brought on a, a ton of beer-related guests and a lot of you know brewery owners and those who work in the industry in particular, and we've gotten their stories on how they've been able to survive during these, these crazy times, almost a year now, uh, under a global pandemic. Um, I know in one of your guys', you know, amazing promotional videos, you did one on, you know, showing how people can order online and the curbside pickup. But but overall, I mean, how did you guys uh survive this and continue to to have a have a thriving business?
4: It's a great question. Um, I would say first and foremost, we have been more blessed than we could ever imagine by having a large parking lot. Um, our parking lot has given us a ton of opportunity just out the gate, um, with extended patio areas, a lot of businesses were kind of put in a stranglehold of there. They were limited to exactly what they had outside of their building. Whereas for us, uh, in a parking lot in a complex allowed us to expand out and put i mean what did we what do we ultimately have seating for in the summer josh
3: oh man i mean we could safely have you know 200 people on site and it provided a unique experience because you know the city was working super hard with us to make sure that we were surviving the community was doing the exact same thing and it all just kind of worked out. We went from this kind of tiny cramped space to now what uh, we'll have in the future because of COVID is actually gonna create some unique opportunities for us. So, you know, that's, we just try to look at the bright side of these things and COVID wasn't fun by any means necessary, but it created a lot of opportunity for us to work hard with each other and connect with the community on a different level than just slinging a beer, you know, like, we were all in this together, and we're just, like Mark said, grateful that we had our community, grateful that we had uh, – um, we, were, we were kind of just this Goldilocks size, you know, not too big, not too small, kind of just right to be able to make it happen right now. So
4: I think a couple I other things is, um, like, the way that we were able to react because our parking lot was large enough and the way our patio was laid out. Uh, we were able to open up our garage doors which were half garage doors and have a serving station so as people were uncomfortable going to most places um, they felt comfortable going to ours because they never had to go inside Um, they had window service they had spaced out tables we also got a lot of boat traffic there was just everyone was spending time on the lake this year because it was a way to get out and it was a way to go do things Um, so we had a ton of boat traffic we do have multiple bolt slips that customers can come and go from. Um, And I I think another component to it too, is people have kind of been hearing the name back channel, but a lot of people assume that it's a little bit further out because it's 20 minutes outside of the the city, um, which isn't that bad of a drive because you never deal with traffic and you get to drive next to a lake for most of it. So it's actually a very enjoyable drive. Um, But I think that the people that may have been staying away during that time, I had an opportunity to say, hey, either I sit at home or I can go drive next to a lake and go try a new place. We had a lot of new faces, a lot of new customers that have come through. And we heard a lot of people say, it's my first time here. And that was that was really cool. It was cool that people were making that, that trip out and giving the beer a try.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And you mentioned, you know, your parking lot being an asset, which, you know, I never even thought of that. The one thing I was thinking of was uh, the snow fort. Now, again, it it all ties together now with you even, you know, showing the value of your parking lot there, because, guys, I know you're American, but that's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Please, 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 for our Canadian listeners and and those uh, in the state who haven't heard about this, uh, talk about the snow fort in your parking lot.
3: Hey, I was a hockey player. So, I mean, I'm like part Canadian. You
1: yeah. Know? I mean, you're, you're, you guys are Minnesota and you're pretty yeah. much, you're more yeah, Canadian we, we, You're more Canadian than those from Ontario. 100%. We're, yeah. <laughs> nice. We're breathing the same air,
3: you know, it's coming down here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were trying to figure out, initially the idea was to utilize ice fish houses and kind of scatter around these little pods in the, in the parking lot. But with the restrictions kind of getting rolled back and having a, an enclosed area not being safe, we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do because now we can't do a tent either. And it was like, all right, well, we can use some windscreens at least and create little little areas for people. Um, but the wind is almost coming off the lake uh, too, 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 too hard and it would just blow those windscreens over. And one day we got a big old nasty snowstorm the day before Christmas Eve and the new snowplow driver didn't have experience in the parking lot. And he put the snow just in the absolute worst spot. And it was just very, very poorly done, I'll be honest. And it was low in the back and like, and medium in the front. And it was just this, it was gonna be this giant iceberg uh, of, of snow come springtime and it provided no benefit to us. So the idea just came to, hey, let's lean into this and let's just move, the, manipulate the snow, create a giant barrier, and then go from there. And every time it snows, the beer fort grows. So when you know people look into it as a bad thing, but we look into it like, hey, now it's going to be a new experience this week. You guys ready for it? So, it uh, and, and,
4: and to that point, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> thank you, Jessica. and to that to that point, uh, when it snowed last week. I got into work, and Josh had apparently made these little, like, codes now, so people have, like, a little more privacy for, like, their little fire pit, and it's, to your point, it's like this ever-evolving, ever-changing thing. It's pretty cool.
1: Thanks. Hey, and shout out to Sarah Weber also commenting on Facebook. Great beer, awesome staff, beautiful lake views. So thanks everyone tuning in on the the Facebook live stream, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch as well. As always, if you want to hear the full podcast, download uh, the Soda Pod. It's up every uh, Monday and Thursday.
2: Yep, yeah, and I think we've already confirmed here. Uh- This isn't going to be the only time that you guys jump on here with us. We're definitely going to get into more beer talk in the future. But before we get into more hockey talk here, which I know we're keeping you guys both along, anything at all that you guys want to push out right now, whether it's beer releases, collaborations, anything exciting coming up for you guys that you want to let the listeners or viewers know about?
4: I got one. Uh, So beer releases are going to... I think get more exciting. We have, we actually are gonna be moving into a new space soon. We're like halfway moved in right now. Uh, just the back of the house. So just the brewing side, three quarters of a mile away from the brewery. Um, the space is a couple hundred more square feet larger than the whole brewery that we're in right now. Um, so we're in about 3,800 square feet in our new space. I have coming from about 600 square feet that I'm brewing in right now. So we're actually gonna get a larger system that's two times the size over at the new space. Uh, some more fermenters. We're gonna have larger cooler space. So we're gonna have more options to go. We'll also have more options potentially to drop around the cities. Um, we're also going to expand our barrel age program. And then in our current space that we're in, uh, I'm gonna keep the old system. We're gonna keep a couple fermenters, uh, but we're gonna pack that room with wooden barrels and do a true barrel age sour program. Uh, there is a sour culture actually two of them that have been banked uh, over at our our yeast our yeast lab uh for a couple of years now so i've been itching to get get them into barrels but we've been waiting for this time until we have the appropriate the appropriate setup to do it so uh yeah there's going to be more beer more offering more barrel age stuff and a sour program
2: that's awesome. And I got to ask you both now, since I've been practicing this whole time, so I've got the one hand down, but do we go with option one on the side? Option two, cupping underneath option three might even be a little bit more fancy, but on the back side, maybe even you throw up the pinky a little bit and then.
4: That's a good I'm option. Gonna
2: get a I'll <laughs> yeah. the I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm, definitely the, I'm definitely a side. I like the side. That feels the most natural to me, but the one that like makes me feel like the most like sophisticated, like I'm having like a nice, like low ball whiskey is the undergrab like this. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. That's very elegant. You know, that's, uh, that's later in the evening bowl grabs. <laughs> dinner party, dinner party.
1: Yeah. Dinner, dinner
3: party yeah. bowl grabs. Yeah. Oh, my god. for sure. Oh for my sure. God. But if you can have it when you're sitting there and you can, I mean, you can be dead in conversation. And just look somebody in the eye and finish a little bit of, you know, oh, that, that's fun right there. It's got to be towards the end of the beer, though.
2: Be, right. Yeah, you can't be doing that at the start. That's, that's <sighs> risky business. You'll be wearing it. <laughs> well, no, perfect. Well, hey, with that, we're going to bring in our friend Joey Netto. We're going to transition into some hockey talk, starting with the back channel bruisers on the other side.
0: What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss Any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steeze brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys all the way down to artists who are unsigned where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out bar down breakdown, wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you exclusively by the hockey podcast network.
2: have joining us obviously regular wednesday guest joey netto joey before we transition here and talk a little bit about the back channel bruisers any questions at all you had Uh, of course being uh, well i don't know if we call you minnesotan anymore but former minnesotan uh any questions for these guys
5: i guess uh yeah one is uh you guys have talked about your your new sour program what is the hardest thing to go into that program because i know with some of the the cultures in the East, it's, they're super picky and if they get infected at all, um, it's it throws off the whole batch. So I guess what's the hardest thing about starting that program up? The hardest thing for me is gonna be, we gotta
4: like kinda get a lot of barrels going at once. And the hardest thing for me is gonna be learning how to see when a barrel is at its peak and being able to pick and choose which barrels are gonna be blended together. Um, the sours that I've ever done prior at home and that's kind of, you get what you get. So to be able to have the access to a barrel that's more acidic, a barrel that's clean, a barrel that's funky and say, what are the proportions I'm going to put them together in? I think it's going to be the biggest challenge.
5: Yeah. I mean, th- that's awesome. It's got to be super exciting for you guys to be starting this. Cause I mean, it, it opens a whole new door to, beer fans that don't necessarily like original beer, but they, they give shower, sours a shot and it's a whole new gateway into craft beer. Our boy
1: Absolutely. Q. We have a, a listener, friend of Joey and uh and Hoppies here, Q. He uh, he's he's the sour guy, you know. He's our sour representative here on the soda pod. He almost killed Hoppy though with one that like looked like a fucking potion from Harry Potter last time. Hoppy, just before we get into hockey talk, I know it's a hockey podcast, listeners, uh, but but quickly, like Hoppy, describe this. I don't even know what to call it, man. Like elixir. <laughs> and you're and you're muted right now, by the way. <laughs> I
2: saved that can as like a trophy of like proof that I survived it. I don't know what the deal is because it was good breweries. I'm trying to remember who it even was, but like I poured it and like, there was like a chemical reaction going on in my glass. It was crazy. <laughs> and he, God, now I'm going to really be bothered by this. I'm going to find the can. Once we get into some hockey talk, um, that it was just such an awful experience, but he actually mentioned in the last kind of beer thing here. Then Mark, cause I know you guys both already talked about, you know, going out to Asheville, he actually went out there because it's COVID and everything. Like he wanted to go to an Island and that all got canceled. So him and his wife went to Asheville and went That's to a It was, <laughs> and he, I, I saw it, some of the mention in your bio on the page. He couldn't stop talking about the Funkatorium. Like what, what are your yeah. thoughts on just Asheville as a wow. and especially the Funkatorium?
3: I got it. I I, 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 the first time I was in Asheville I hadn't been turned on to sour beers yet. I had a couple and they were like, you know, I don't know about this, not liking it, but I was at Wicked Weed and, uh, you know, had some pernicious and had some Freak of Nature and I was like, wow, this is an amazing, like these are amazing beers and then I learned that they had the Funkatorium, which is an entire brewery dedicated to sours and I was like, wow, there can't, there has to be something there that I like and I liked everything and that was just it.
4: My experience with the Funkatorium is, I I really enjoyed Sours, and I, I felt like I had a fairly diverse palate uh, leading up to that, and Josh kept talking about this Funkatorium we have to go to. We have to go to. I'm going to take you there someday. We're going to go to Wicked Weed Funkatorium. Like, okay, cool. And finally, the opportunity arises, and we go, and we walk in, and it's this thing of beauty. It's just gorgeous in there, and their tap list is extensive. It was like 25 beers, I think, the day that we walked in. And we sit down and Josh is just glowing. He's so excited and so ready to go. And just the smell of it in there was beautiful. And I was like, well, like, do you want to get something? And I can get something. And like, you know, what do you want to get? And he's like, oh, no. He goes, we're going to have everything on that list by the end of the night. And I (laughs) I thought he was joking. I was like, good one, good one. And we had everything by the end of the night. And everything was just spectacular. They're a big, they're an extremely large inspiration in the sour program and how I want the sour program to run. The coolest thing about them, sorry, because I'm just stringing things along here, but the coolest thing about them to me is they have repeatable sours, and I've never experienced a wild, a brewery that does wild ales that are so repeatable. It is Absolutely amazing. And it's something that I aspire to when I talk about the barrels someday of, of blending, uh, being able to blend to that kind of precision because it's absolutely spectacular.
2: Wow. Fair enough. And I mean, shit, Joe, you're hearing it here first. They might actually find a way to convert me to sours. This is going to be really interesting.
5: Um, <laughs> that, that'll tell yeah, something accept. about their brewing. Because, uh, yeah, Hoppy is a, a noted sour hater. Um, he just hasn't found the right one yet. So hopefully you guys stray in the right direction.
2: Well, and on that note, I'm going to go look for that can, but I'm going to tee you guys up here because I do want you to share with the listeners a lot because a lot of them might not even be aware. Talk about the back channel bruisers, how that got going and everything you guys have done to contribute to that.
3: Yeah, so uh, one of our dock attendants who docks boats for us in the summertime, uh, he is a high school hockey player for one of the local teams and it's a really good program. Uh, Their dad reached out to me right when, you know, restrictions were getting uh, tougher. And there was just, you know, the season for high school hockey was in flux. And everybody knows Minnesota is the state of hockey. And high school hockey is known worldwide in a sense. So to take that away from kids was going to be devastating. So uh, we weren't in any position to sponsor anybody. But we got the call to kind of work with uh, the Holy Family hockey team and uh honestly it was a no-brainer i thought about it for a few minutes i was like you know we're going to be able to work with this because it's a unique way to connect with a different audience to to support young kids to uh to make a memorable experience out of something that is honestly quite devastating for for use for young athletes um so the idea was just to sponsor some jerseys uh but you know, much like Back Channel, we don't just do it lightly. <laughs> so we went and created this whole entire uniform. And uh, honestly, the jersey itself was hey, – Melissa, can you grab me this sweatshirt really quick? The Bruiser sweatshirt. I don't Josh,
1: Josh, you're helping me you out much. You, you're, you're, doing, uh, you're doing everything that usually our producer does. You know, he gets things on screen real quick. You're, you're just like, here, Right, I mean, she's, she's
2: allowed logo, to
3: jump in the stream here too. We produce things, we curate the experience. We know how it is. I don't. Yeah, want you're to
1: making do my job easier. I love you guys. Nice.
3: <laughs> so we designed uh, this jersey uh, using our colors, which also happen to be the same colors of this team, and kind of designed it after the Dallas Stars a little bit. So we've got the uh, the Bruisers B kind of right there, and then, uh, uh oh, shoot, you can't actually see where the Bruisers logo is, but. Yeah. I don't know. There's the, there's the B right there. So you can go to our page. You can actually, there's an Instagram page for back channel bruisers and there's a lot of cool photos, but it was a way for us to just tie in with this team, support this team and then create this brand of uh, adult hockey that will carry on forever. Uh, So we'll, we'll always have sponsored back channel bruisers teams and maybe that's just who we are. eh? If it's volleyball or softball or whoever. And now it's this out of this little, connection with this high school hockey team we've now spawned this uh identity of who our adult sports teams will be in the future for who we sponsor so it'll be this everlasting thing that continues on on the back of the jerseys so when they were calling the when they were calling yeah. the game
4: yeah. they so. were commenting on tulips taking the puck down the rink and
5: it was like oh nice Man, those those are some awesome looking jerseys that we got up on screen here. Those those look really sharp. You guys did a great job.
1: Yeah. For our podcast listeners, we'll share the link and uh go follow back channel brewing on Instagram.
2: Oh, oh it's beautiful. And so the I won't even make a promise because it probably won't happen, but hopefully the last beer thing for a little bit while we talk some hockey. The ironically named Make Good Choices beer. It's a hangover-inspired smoothie sour from two breweries that I hold in very high regard, Blackstack and Drecker. And I swear to God, I don't know if it was just this can or what happened, but I, I poured it. I can send you picture evidence if you want. Like, it was a science experiment in my glass. I drank it, and I regretted it immediately. I, I think Isha might even still have some of the video of just what my reaction was. It's not great.
1: We'll dig it up. We'll dig it up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But uh, to transition there as well, I I know, again, Josh, you've mentioned that you've got quite the background in hockey, and you even mentioned to me earlier today that, uh, well, you kind of take a little bit of responsibility for the lack of injuries that led to your nephew being uh, quite the known professional hockey player. Why why don't you dive into that a little bit for our listeners?
3: Yeah, I took them all so he could just go unscathed right into the NHL. He didn't have to worry about anything. (laughs) Yeah. but, uh, no, it was it – uh, yeah, Nick is my
2: nephew. He's seven years younger than I am. So, you know, he's probably yeah, looking – That's Nick Letty. Nick Letty, everyone. I think you all know who he is between being a state championship stud, between playing for the Gophers, and then being a big piece of one of the dumbest trades the Wild have ever made for Cam Barker with the Blackhawks. Continue, Josh.
1: Shout-out to Joey.
2: It was
3: Cam Barker and Kim Janssen. Just to remake that even worse so it was uh that was yeah that was a bad trade <laughs> uh but yeah no it was it was it was pretty cool nick you know we were we we're a hockey family everybody we all we all grew up playing hockey at armstrong and armstrong thrived uh, as an association so many great hockey players uh come out of armstrong but we were never able to win a state title unfortunately it was a bummer uh and you know maybe that led to my brother Wanted to start Nick in a new area, and that was Eden Prairie. And uh, he was just kind of a star all the way through, and everybody thought he was going to be this great hockey player, and he, you could always just see it, and he was always so humble, and he just wanted to skate, and he just wanted to to learn, and, you know, I, I take all credit for that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but no, it, yeah, it, it uh, it's really cool to have Nick in the family, and it's fun to watch him play, and it's fun to be connected in ho- to hockey still, even though I'm not playing at a competitive level or anything like that, um, hockey is a tight knit community and it uh, it lasts forever, so it's very special.
2: Don't be too modest on your abilities. You told me that you played some serious junior hockey. We're gonna go D1 until these injuries derailed you. Talk a little bit just about kind of the level you played at.
3: Yeah, you know, so, you know, with with injuries, I had uh, broken my back when I was 11, tore my ACL when I was 13, and then had a nice little run where I didn't have any injuries, and I was playing junior hockey up in Canada, and uh, also for Tri-City in the USHL, Um, but I really enjoyed my team up in Canada, and uh, after my first year of juniors, I was traded into Tri-City and tore my ACL right before playoffs, and it was so late in the season that it was going to be a pretty much a tough recovery. So went back to Canada the next year and uh, had the opportunity both years to play for the for the Greyhounds. But uh, I wanted to pursue a a scholarship and play college hockey in the states. So that's why I stayed with the Junior A program. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great second year. Had the opportunity to. To go to Boston University as a recruited walk-on, and our team was uh, playing in the Dudley Hewitt Cup, so that's the Central Canadian Championships. Uh, so we were one of four teams left in all of Central Canada, and uh, we were planning to go to the Royal Bank Cup. And uh, we were playing against North Bay, and just took a terrible hit in the in the the back uh, back behind the boards there, and it just kind of wiped out my career, unfortunately. So that uh, that was quite a large bummer to derail my my whole entire hockey career. But with that spawned uh, my entrepreneurship and kind of just the, the drive to pursue something, something, a new love. And that's where beer became into the situation. So hockey is still a part of me and I still live it every single day, but yeah.
1: Well, man, congrats on being a walk on too, though. That's unbelievable.
3: It was, yeah, it was uh, one of the hardest things to actually Communicate with the coaches was that I was not going to be able to play there uh, because of the the third ACL tear but uh, You know, it is what it is and that's kind of how hockey rolls I mean, you got to be lucky and you got to have you got to make it through youth hockey um, Without any serious injuries to be quite honest with you because if you have something at a young age It's going to hamper your ability to, to to develop and with how Uh, how many good hockey players there are and how great youth development is these days you really can't miss a beat and you know with the current climate of things it's I just feel so much for some of these young athletes that they can't get out there with their friends and you know play
2: you even just look at this year for the upcoming draft a lot of the players like the ones up in Canada aren't playing right now so like they're going up head to head with other guys that are playing full schedules and it's it's gonna be weird to see what happens whether the nhl pushes that or not but when you go to the high school rank like a lot of these kids aren't going to play past high school i know like i wasn't going to like if i lost my senior year that would have really really sucked but you know it's awesome what you guys are doing to again help a faction of that group with the back channel bruisers and uh at I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the two of you on the spot here. We, every Wednesday, do a segment where Isha and I just argue and yell at each other, and Joey picks who's the better person at
1: arguing. It's a little bit more sophisticated than that. It's really <laughs> not. It's really not.
2: And, uh, well, we're going to transition into Judge Joey right now, and Josh and Mark are going to go head-to-head. Take it away, you.
5: Right, today is Wednesday, and that can only mean one thing court is officially in session. Every Wednesday, the voter will be featuring a debate of epic proportions, and I am here to determine who will hold the weekly belt of Judge Joey Champion. I, Judge Joey, will decide the winner not by facts alone, but who debates the topic at hand the best and has the more compelling argument. But hold up, I am not the only one who gets to share their input on who has the better argument. You, Yes, you, the Soda SodaPod community, will be able to head to Twitter and cast your vote on who was the better case on Judge <laughs> Joey. So enough introduction. Let's get to tonight's topic. Mark and Josh, tonight I bring to you, would you rather brew your favorite style of beer for everyone to enjoy, but you can no longer drink that style anymore, or the next option is drink that style of beer and never be able to brew it? Mm-hmm. So oh. we'll go with Josh You get to pick uh, the, the topic that you'd like to debate So would you like to uh, brew the beer and never enjoy it Or drink it and never brew it?
3: I will uh, brew it and never enjoy it All right. okay.
4: Brutal <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright Josh, so you get a, uh, about a minute to a minute and a half
5: To argue your side of uh, why you should win this debate
3: well, first off, too much of anything is never a good thing. If you're going to have one thing the rest of your life, it's going to get old after some sort, sort of time. So you got to have a little bit of variety when it comes to flavor. Um, plus, there's so many good beers out there. How can you choose just one, right? So, I mean, if, uh, if I like an IPA and, we're, and, and you're just going to be subject to IPA, then I'm going to be not feeling happy about myself because I'm just living lavishly in all these different styles of beers. You know, like uh, Scrooge McDuck is swimming in his bank of coins. I'm going to have all that in my beer styles, and you don't want that. So what I'm going to just argue is – I even forgot my point. I was just rambling. Scrooge McDuck swimming in
5: his (laughs) bank (laughs) of coins. We we got the issue of the week. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Mark, you can take it away now. Look, everybody knew
4: that Scrooge McDuck was extremely happy when he was swimming in his tower full of money, right? And the nice thing about beer and beer styles and my favorite beer is that things could get changed a little bit, I could get inspired about other things. And I think that not having the ability to provide that exciting thing to other people and to brew it myself, Uh, would make me think outside the box and say, what do I love most about this? And what components can I take of it to make something different that's not that or not that style? So that people can still enjoy these things that I'm enjoying and getting some kind of excitement out of this thing that is only mine. Which, you know what, is also awesome. This is mine. This is no one else's. This is my beer forever. I get to just enjoy it. How cool is that? How often do we have things in our lives that is specifically for us? And now I have that Scrooge McDuck, baby. Let's go, episode one twenty-three.
5: <laughs> well played.
3: <laughs>
5: well, well, like uh, most weeks, um, this one's a pretty easy decision. Um, I know. <laughs> Isha is usually the one that uh, isn't the best debater, so I
1: get the pity uh, votes.
5: Mark, I got to give this one to you uh, this week. That was a great argument, turning the Thank Scrooge McDuck uh, God on. God. God, so, yeah, great argument and great debate, guys.
0: Congratulations! 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 Congratulations!
1: Congratulations! Can I, can I just commend you both? Like.
2: I, I never thought, in a beer debate, I would hear both of you insert Scrooge McDuck into the <laughs> argument. It, it's incredible. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I wish you could have seen how nervous I was. Letty, you picked the one that I wanted.
2: I had that all written out, and the second you
3: picked that, I was like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Nice. Well done. Glad I could give you the assist on that one.
1: (laughs) Me too, man.
4: I, I appreciate that. It's teamwork
3: right there. Yeah.
1: Unbelievable! Oh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, you all are amazing. Thanks for the interaction. You comment, uh, we'll throw it up here for the boys and everyone tuning back in on the podcast, episode 123 of the Soda Pod. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, go shoot us a rate and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, let's dive back into some more hockey talk, hey eh, Hoppy?
2: Yeah. And to start with it uh, again, you guys heard that Ishas from the self-proclaimed Hawaii of Canada. It's
1: not Vancouver self-proclaimed. Island. It is an it's... island, and we're not from Vancouver. It's if different. That's, if that's
2: all it takes, uh, we'll have a different discussion, I guess. But um we're, we're going to start with the news on the Canucks, okay? Like, first off, Pedersen and Hughes not looking like last year. There's uh, a couple of concerns here for you. First off, losing Markstrom and Tanev. Like, it's been pretty well noted that Pedersen went to Markstrom when he was having issues. Hughes leaned on Tanev the same way, and now we have Pedersen going over to the same agency as Hughes. Both of them expire the same year on their contracts. Are they about to extort the Canucks and just ruin everything? What's happening?
1: Well, I mean, they were going to extort the Canucks, I think, regardless of uh, of PD joining or hiring Pat and joining CAA. Um, but hey, I just checked the score, actually. Um, quickly here as I just refresh Twitter, as I've been sharing the links to this podcast and they each got a point tonight. So there you go. There you go. Um, but no, it is a little bit of a concern because they're both really young used' you know, one full season in the league. I, I believe tonight's is actually 82nd game in, in, you know, in the national hockey league and Pedersen hasn't really had a sophomore slump yet because he's had a good support of veterans around him. So as a guy who, you know, I love the wild, but who's, you know, who bleeds blue and green in the Canucks. It is a little bit concerning because you look at the likes of, you know, Bo Horvat, who's been consistent and just getting better. And you see Pedersen now not having a, a great start of the season, who, let's be honest, when he came out in the league last year and the year before, he was hot right out of the gate. So a little concerning, but it's all part of the development. The guys who you lean on in your first and second season, I mean, this is a business at the end of the day. They, especially if they're older players, there's a chance that they could be moved or walk or, or walk away, and you're going to see that throughout your entire career. You know whether it's a mentor, whether it's you know a friend or someone you have chemistry with. So maybe it's just another learning curve for a young player in the league. I don't know, Josh or Mark, if you want to chime in on this as well.
2: I was going to say this is the last team the Wild played. So if you guys have any thoughts on the team in general, we'd love to hear it. I mean, I think. Uh...
3: Well, Vancouver's going to have a tough time in that in that all-Canada division, first off. And uh, Pedersen, in particular, he's had some fluctuating minutes early on where he's not getting his consistent playing time, and that's got to be messing with his head a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think Vancouver's probably playing a little head games with uh, with the young player and trying to put him into his, best, uh, into his best form. And in a condensed season like this, I think you're going to see a lot of players that did well last year not do well this year because every game is almost like a playoff scenario so if they're having to continuously perform at their best then they're performing against people that are also performing at their best and they're not able to take advantage uh when they're when they're not at their top game and maybe that was when Pedersen was 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 dominating maybe he was taking advantage when other players weren't at the top of their game so it's going to be interesting to see the true colors of players this year
2: again, when you've got two guys with the same agency who are both going to demand monster deals, like you're not getting one or the other, like you're either getting both or you're getting screwed out of both. And if you get both, you're probably going to be cap strapped for a while. Granted, it's not going to be anything like Louis Erickson where it's dead weight, but that just is a tough situation for a team that's trying to build towards something with a younger group. But that's just my opinion. We'll wait and see what happens and how stressed out you get over it. But, uh, Joey, I'm pretty sure you're on my side with this. Just out to anyone that watches hockey, Nikolai Ehlers deserves your respect. Joey, do you care to jump in and weigh in on that? Man, you have been pumping Ehlers tires for, man, who knows
5: how long now. But yeah, no, he, I mean, I completely agree. He he definitely deserves more respect than he's getting right now. He's kind of one of those, I wouldn't say underrated players, but he just doesn't get the spotlight like the the Stars um, like Mcdavid or Crosby, but I mean, he's putting up huge numbers. He's huge for uh, the jets. um so yeah, it's it's sooner or later he's going to get the attention because I mean, not only for fantasy hockey owners he he puts up points for uh, for those teams as well. so
1: yeah, he's
2: he's something special. I just had to throw that in quick. but uh, more interesting, first off, no one expected this team to do much, but let me just check my notes here real quick. The Florida Panthers started three and O for the first time in the history of their franchise. And for comparison, the Wild have played seven games. And it's not Florida that's the problem. Believe it or not, they're not the COVID issue. They have had games rescheduled because of Dallas and because <clears> of <throat> Carolina, and they've only played three games. But uh, it's just baffling to me that not only are they three and O, but They've only played three games. they got well,
3: 14 goals think- in three games, too, right now. That's crazy. You need that, though, with Bobrovsky, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the weakest division. And the fact that Dallas and Florida got a little bit of a break in there is might even be to their advantage. They were probably able to, like, kind of take a step back for a second, have a little bit more of a – not even a training camp, but just a mental preparation post-training camp to get ready for the season. And uh, maybe it helped them. I mean – they seem to be a little rested, and Dallas coming off of a Stanley Cup final, having the sh- one of the shortest turnarounds, coming out 3-0 and like that, like that's pretty impressive.
5: I don't know what uh, they were doing with uh, the whole Yandel situation, but I don't know if that was the GM and coach trying to motivate him to play even better, but how could you ever try to think of scratching a guy who's at the the longest current Ironman streak with 866 games. And, and you were just going to scratch him because he's a, not a defensive guy, but I mean, he comes out and scores in his first game and gets another one in the following game. So he really shoved that down their throats.
1: That's some like, that's some Babcock shit right there.
5: <laughs> yep. 100%. Uh,
1: what else have we got in, in the NHL hoppy?
2: Um, well, most of you won't care and might even applaud, but, Jim Rutherford done out of nowhere. We don't know what happened, Joey. I think you have an assumption on that, that the the failed three on O where there wasn't even a shot generated might've pushed him out the door, but like Jim Rutherford done with the penguins, no reason at all other than personal reasons, but they've assured us that there's nothing wrong legally and there's no health issues. I, that's all we're getting right now. I don't know where to speculate because that's where my head went immediately was either he is very ill because the guy's about to turn 72 or it was an issue with the whole Wilkes-Barre Scranton scandal that came out with their coach. I, I don't know if it's not either of those. Does anyone else have any speculation they want to throw in? Cause I don't get it.
1: He did say it was personal reasons. So it that obviously doesn't narrow it down at all, but maybe upper
2: body decision.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe it's health related. Cause I, I do know that they said, no,
5: they said,
2: no,
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Because I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't join the, the bubble in the, the playoffs. Well, and Josh and Mark,
2: time. you guys aren't used to this, but a lot of times Joey and I will say something and Isha will repeat it, and he has no idea that we ever actually said it. <laughs> <laughs> it so you guys are now fully indoctrinated into the podcast. It, it,
1: it's <laughs> only on the days where I'm co-producing. It's only Sundays <laughs> and Wednesdays.
5: <laughs> um, no, I, I actually got some inside information of why he stepped down. Um and it's for the good reason why why he did it is uh, to make way for Jason Bouterill to be the new GM of the Penguins. So he had
1: uh, me for a second there, Joe. <laughs>
5: I, I'm so excited for him to to join the club as their new GM and, and see what amazingly great trades he can make, uh, especially with the Sabers.
1: <laughs> I have no yeah. comment. He's done a lot. He's done a lot for that team. Um, well, it, it's going to be interesting because there'll probably be more uh, news to come out on this story. Uh, you know, d- down the road, and because Hoppy's a Pittsburgh fan, we will 100 percent highlight it on this Minnesota and craft beer God. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, last last piece of NHL news, and I wanted to b- before we move into our-, our last segment with the boys here and talk Minnesota Wild, the the cherry on top. Um, a player who I really respect, uh, or a former player who I really respect, liked him with his time with the Nashville Predators, the Washington Capitals. Um, Joel Ward is now uh, well, he he's now the Wild too. Did he he play for the Wild, Joel Ward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Man, I totally, uh, I totally missed that as well. Well, there you go, Wild connection. Thank you, Josh. See, that's where my uh, Western uh, Canada comes out. <laughs> the Minnesota, comes
5: out. Minnesota hockey and craft beer talk, but yeah, he doesn't do his beer. Right, that was
1: timing. Um, he's behind the bench with Kelly McCrimmon, general manager of, uh, well, I guess not president <laughs> of uh, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, due to a COVID outbreak there, where their training staff and 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 those behind the bench had a possible exposure to um I mean the NHLs had a tough time though they probably expected it having to reschedule games which you know Hoppy talked about earlier in this segment yes I did remember that and was listening um so now they've been able to actually bring some well new pe- new faces behind the bench and some experience because of Kelly McCrimmon. He's, he was a coach way back uh, in the day, not in the National Hockey, if I can remember, but at least at the junior, junior and other levels of hockey. So I just want to give a shout out to Joel Ward because I know he's working to get you know, a full-time job in the management or coaching game now that he's retired. Um, he's also uh, a pioneer in the diversity Alliance and he was, he was one of my favorite players. So I did want to highlight that, uh, that, Hey, if you're catching, uh, if you're catching that the next Vegas golden Knights, you know, games, perhaps in you know, the next couple games, you'll you'll see a familiar face in well, their president and, uh, and Joel Ward behind the bench.
3: No, I always appreciated Joel Ward. I mean, he played back when, uh, we had Jacques Lemaire as a coach And uh, he was a warrior and uh, he was also a very good person, super likable on the team. And I always, I watched him throughout his career. I mean, the wild were one of his early teams. Um, So he really, you know, he'd already played a ton of minor league hockey even to get to that point and still managed to have a really successful career after that. So I really commend Joel Ward and everything that he's trying to do. Great human.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota wild. Uh, we can take this any any which way. We didn't really even outline any specific questions uh, prepping for this show. This team still has a lot of changes yet. Hey, eh, Hoppy.
2: Yeah, there's still a long way to go. You can see that when you go to cap friendly and see how many contracts are up at the end of this year. Like, obviously, the end goal isn't that we have our top two centers in this roster. Hey, hopefully, we get Rossi back. We'll see. But uh, like at the end of the day, I see a lot of people on twitter just yelling and screaming at evison that he's an idiot and that bill Guerin needs to get involved if you think that bill Guerin doesn't have a say in the the lineup construction you're a dunce sorry bill
3: Guerin is definitely a boss and he is not just letting things slide
1: no i i agree with that fully and again like we i feel like we're beating this topic you know like, like a dead horse but there's still calls to to bring Erickson Eck up to the first line. And I look at this Minnesota wild team as having three kind of one a lines. Yeah, sure. Maybe the Ek line gets a little bit less minutes than, than the two lines again above them. But I think breaking that up, fixing something that's not broken, putting this guy into a role that he's, well, he's succeeding in a different role right now. Why, why change that just for the, the purpose of maybe getting a little bit more offense where this guy is most valuable on this team, shutting down the opponent's top lines. And while doing so, he's actually making space for when Kaprizov actually gets placed on that line, has some room to work. Um, and Um, Does anybody else want to chime into this topic? I know Hoppy and I talk about it all the time, but people on Twitter are still, still calling for Eck. To move up with, you know, a Fiala and maybe a Caprizov or oh a Fiala God, don't and do ball three plays.
5: I've said from the beginning of the season, uh, even before the season, that third line is going to be the best line all season. So they've they've proved me right. And I mean, why why change something that's working? They're the ones who are shutting down other opposing's top lines, and they're putting up goals and points. So, I mean, clearly something's working chemistry-wise on that line. I mean, and, and Erickson is put um, Erickson Ek is putting up points, playing on a third line. Why switch him and put him on the first line where he may not succeed going against other teams, top lines where he could get a favorable matchup a going against a third or a fourth.
2: And yeah. that's the, they, everyone thinks that he's like directly correlated. Okay. He's scoring goals and he's creating plays. That means we need to put him with Fiala and Caprizov so that they do the same. Like, it's a matter that he's doing well in developing and making these opportunities because he's going up against that competition and he's playing that role. If you put him as the first line center, he's being asked to do something completely different and yeah, something needs to change. Like we've seen that Fiala with Benino and Johansson doesn't make sense, but that doesn't mean that X sliding up and being the number one center is the answer either.
5: Yeah. And he's also playing with Greenway and, um, felino who will go into the corners grind dump and chase and win those battles not saying Parisi or or anybody else won't do that but felino and and greenway are just a different style of player that may bode well to erickson x style where i mean he can sit in front of the net instead of having to go go into the corners and and grind to get those pucks where they can set him up do all the work and, and get
2: him the goals opening the ice josh what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, right now
3: our first line with Parisi out there is more or less set up to neutralize the other team's first line. And if we can have Eriksson Ek thrive in his role right now, that's only going to develop him as a better player. So when he's in that important role, he understands weaknesses of his opponents a little bit more than always going against the top guy and having to play that role. It's a, it's, it's he's playing his line right now, and that's that's what he should be doing. And it's only going to help our development and. Wild has been hampered by that for a handful of years. We haven't let our players be able to really develop like this, um, and now we can. So it, it's pretty sweet to see.
1: We're we're huge <laughs> fans on on the Soda Pod. Um, any any opening thoughts, boys, on the on the season from from your angle? I know Mark, you're not as big as a hockey guy as all of us. You're you're the beer expert, and you know we thank you again for for your thoughts on that.
4: I actually would like to pose a question to you guys. Okay, okay. Uh, because, well, I mean, we played Judge Joey with Back Channel. Let's play Judge Josh with so- Soda Pod State of Hop here. So, Josh, you're going to be the judge. And my question to you guys is who do you think the best line is, or who's on the best line, or what's the best line in the NHL right now?
5: You got to select the order because well, we're all going to take it. I'll go first because this one's easy for me. That's bullshit. You don't get to
2: go first out of You're not going to pick my <laughs> line anyway. Hey, you jumped at it.
5: I jumped at it. Exactly. Uh, I am going with one that uh, they led the league in points for the first three games, I believe. And it's going to be Buffalo's first line of Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and Sam Reinhart. Um, Reinhart and Eichel have played together for shit five years now four years they have great chemistry they live together they put up points consistently um and not just on the power play either i mean their power play is one of the best in the league it has been for the last two years now but adding taylor hall to that he's finally building chemistry and like i said for through the first two games they all had six points each Um, so that's huge um so yeah i think that line is only going to get better once hall develops more chemistry. With the chemistry that's already been built between Eichel and Reinhardt,
2: I'll let Isha go second.
1: Does it have to be like current, like right now, or just like the best line in the NFL? Oh no. no,
2: yeah, I, won't.
1: I was just wondering. No, yeah, I I was just wondering. I want you to talk I about the I was no, going to ask gonna, of
4: all time, no, but then, but then it got asked for for this season, so I, mean, I had to change it. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: fair enough. And Hoppy, you should know me better. I was going to say Sadin and Burrows. Come on, man. Best man <laughs> ever in hockey. Let's go, baby.
2: Just don't bite me.
1: Uh, um, the top line for the for the Aves, I think, is is probably the best. I mean, McKinnon is arguably, and, and I say this and Hoppy will actually smile. I say until Sidney Crosby's out of the NHL, he's still the, the best center in hockey. But if you look at the way that the speed game is going, you know, Mick mcdavid and mckinnon are probably the two best centers in the national hockey league based they on their are. speed and i'd i i do not want to say mckinnon's better than mcdavid because he isn't because mcdavid's a whole breed in himself but i think that better i think that other players can can match well and develop chemistry a little bit easier with the likes of a mckinnon because his game's a little bit more black and white easier to read than a mcdavid who can be so creative on the fly and at speed um So I really like, you know, Rantanen. Also on that line, he's he's equally as talented. He's not at the you know that level of like superstardom, but he is, you know, a star in the National Hockey League. He can put the puck in the back of the net, and he can play responsible defense as well. And um, and Landeskog on the other on the other side you know helps he's more of a bigger body more of a power forward i think his hockey sense is unbelievable where even if he's not the one who has to be leaned on to, to drive the offense on that line he's smart enough to be there when needed and can help create space not even just throwing his body around but just being in the right spots
2: that's fair i have a clarifying question then for mark or josh whichever one of you wants to determine that oh, if of someone's course
5: you do god damn it
2: well if someone's temporarily on the mend can i include them in my lineup or do I have to go with today's roster?
3: No, you can include them in the lineup.
2: Okay, well, then this is a clear answer of the Boston Bruins first line. Um, when you look at play-driving offense between Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, like that is right up there with the Colorado Avalanche. I'd maybe even give a slight edge to the Avalanche, but you look at what they do the other direction and what they do in their own end to prevent opportunities – like, they are the Minnesota Wilds' third line from a defensive structure, and then they're a top line in the NHL for goal scoring. So thank you for letting me go third and pick the clear, obvious answer.
1: I don't know if that's man, good at all. That was some
3: good, was some good stuff right there. Um, point.
2: Good point. Que- and a good
3: question, Mark. You know, I – oh, man. I, I'm going to have to go with uh, – it's a tie between Asian and Scott. I really think that the Avalanche and the and the Bruins have the best top line out there. I mean, you look at Avalanche scored how many goals the last couple of games? So many goals, and they're they're they're, they're, they're relentless. Um, I think in Marchand and, and uh, Bergeron. Uh, I was watching uh, NHL last night, and uh, Brian Lawton said that the best line he's ever seen was Crosby, Marchand, and Bergeron. And when you have two of those guys in the best line ever playing together on a nightly basis, that kind of tilts it. So honestly, after I'm discussing this, it's almost leaning towards Scott as the winner. But, you know, maybe we're going to have to do that because, I mean, the Bruins are the the Bruins are the Bruins top line is nasty and Marshan is a beast. So maybe we go with that. The, The I'm going to say a duo to watch out for right now, though, is the duo of Tyler Toffoli and uh, Nick Suzuki. Those dudes are on fire, and Montreal is a team to watch right now.
2: I mean, would take the Northwest Passage to find the hand of Franklin reaching
3: for the
2: Beaufort
1: Sea. Josh, that was not me. I I wouldn't disrespect you like that (laughs) (laughs) mid-century.
2: Isha thinks Montreal is garbage. Well, I, I did I agree.
1: I did agree prior to the season. By the way, our friend Bobby Yo231, he's so pumped that uh Perry's back on the team. He was, he was saying that the best line hockey is actually Perry Toffoli and niemi. He's like, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> and by the way, we have a French listener from Quebec since we're on the Montreal topic here. Um, he was asking us if he's the, the, the first uh, Quebecois who's listening to uh, our live stream. Look, I don't think you're the first Quebecois who's been listening, but you're the first one who's been writing in French, and you're lucky that I actually read and and speak french so i was gonna say i
2: don't believe that that's even what it says but i can't fact check you so we're just gonna (laughs) go with it
1: (laughs) actually he's saying that a hoppy sucks Uh,
2: that's fair that's fair well all that matters is what josh thinks so suck it um i also have to comment i told you i couldn't promise there wouldn't be more beer talk but circled back still a delightful beer in a glass confirmed better in a bowl
1: <laughs> everyone
2: start pouring your beers into bowls no questions i've been, asked. I just I've grab been a having my
4: glass until you said that so that's <laughs> go There, here we go Cheers. i
1: feel like i should just grab a bowl for my next my next beer it's it's not a it's not a back channel bowl but i mean i feel a little left out here
4: it works i mean it it was the it the concept started in not a back channel bowl either so it's all good
1: all right there we well, go. I'll let Hoppy take the reins here as uh, we begin to wrap up and uh, I'll pour my last uh, beer and toast you guys before we uh, leave here in a bowl.
5: Yep, grab your bowl. Sorry, sorry Hoppy. I guess, um, I don't know. I, I joined late, but did you guys discuss the origins of the bowl?
2: Oh, yes, we did. Okay, we got perfect. deep. We got deep. You'll listen back. It's yeah. uh, like most stories on here. It's it's different, but wonderful. <laughs> yep. um, but to Mark and Josh, before we dive into anything specific, I guess, because again, right now the wild are what they are. They've kind of played the bottom barrel of the division. Like they haven't played any of the big three yet, how I would position them. Like what are your thoughts in general on just the the general progress of the team? Obviously there's things that need to be changed and will be changed, but just talk about the good and the bad of the team.
3: First off, that's a great bowl over there, Isha. I, I
2: text Phenomenal. Before,
3: I mean before, <laughs> Phenomenal. everything I like it um this is
4: someone special right here
3: you know about about the about the wild though <coughs> yes <laughs> he's disappearing uh-huh. can you just disappear from when you enjoy it
1: <laughs> man that is the right way to drink beer let me tell you these guys that back channel bring they know how to do it ladies and gentlemen stop
5: i know i'm getting away i'm getting away from the question but all i can think about now is your guys is uh nanner hammer and some cereal and drinking that out of the bowl and dude, cereal with dude, that awesome. what a great way to start the day
3: we can do that
2: oh and mark i have to chime in too i already told josh earlier but the nananana is one of the best beers i've ever had
3: wow thank you
4: i really appreciate that thank I- you thank you thank you i i actually just brewed the longest beer that it, it's cuz i i did a couple things wrong and I basically I got all the grain to compact so I couldn't transfer. I was transferring at one eighth the speed I normally transfer. And the long and short of that is a batch that was supposed to take like it was supposed to take like 13 hours or so and we were shift brewing it. Ended up taking over twenty. And it was uh it was kind of a nightmare, but it started uh, because I was like, you know what? Like we haven't one thing that COVID has impacted is like I haven't put out any like, any big stouts, anything that's, like, truly, like, wild, and uh, we have some stuff coming out soon, but, like, I wanted to make something special, uh, kind of like that, kind of like na-na-na-na, so uh, I brewed something last week, it's fermenting away, and uh, I'm really excited to do a, I want to do an, a non-adjuncted version, and then do a, a couple different adjuncted versions so that you can have, like, multiple different ideas of what this beer could be, uh so yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that up, but thank you. I'm I that's delta that you love nanana and hammer getting brought up is also an incredible and little they're in the same
2: with peanut butter. Oh my goodness. And I'm
5: <laughs> yeah. building on Scott's uh Nanana, he actually was a, a good enough friend and brought me out a bottle all the way to Wyoming. So you guys' beer was enjoyed in the, in the Grand Tetons, so nice. one, of the, one of the prettiest places in the world. And and he brought a beer that you guys brewed all the way out here, so we got to enjoy that together.
4: Oh, that's it awesome! Super cool. Thank you. Yeah. Was, wow.
2: And yeah, put you me, me on the picture mark you know, for when time. you release that beer.
4: I sure will. Yeah, we'll let you know for sure.
2: Josh, Josh any further thoughts on the I, team? <laughs> what was so, that? Can I give my opinion
4: on the, the Wild team here? Uh, hey, I'll give you first, Mark. I, am, I, I don't have many opinions on hockey. I really like watching hockey. I know nothing about it, and I have no shame in saying that. Uh, it's really fun. I know there's two seasons of hockey. There's, there's regular season, there's playoff, and it's like two different types of hockey, which is also exciting. My downer thing that I'm going to say is I feel like Minnesota through and throughout, maybe things are different this year, but I feel like pretty much Minnesota teams are like, we hit the season and we're excited and we're like, you know what? We might've made just enough changes to the team where things could be good. And then what happens? We get a third of the way through the season. We're like, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. We can do this still. And then we get two thirds of the way through the season. We're like, Uh, I don't think we can do this. And then the season ends and we're like, you know what, guys, it's okay. Because that was a rebuilding year and we're going to get it next year. And (laughs) 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 straight up. That is exactly (laughs) what it is. Uh, So I don't know, like we've had a lot of rebuilding years in Minnesota. Uh, I think we've (laughs) for a very long time and that's how I feel. And I hope I'm wrong. It's going to be delightful when I'm wrong, but I bet we're rebuilding. So to rebuilding,
2: Cheers, boys. to rebuilding,
3: to rebuilding, to rebuilding. <laughs>
2: to rebuilding. <laughs> oh
3: man. I gotta, you know, I have so much to say about the wild because I grew up a North stars fan and uh, we're 20 years into the wild, and we still have not gone to the Stanley Cup. So I vote that we just turn our name back to the North Stars. The NHL owns the, the the name, the logo. Let's do it. They came back and they created those hybrid jerseys. They're fantastic. Let's just let's just go all in if we don't go to the Cup this year. And
2: um, we just posted on Facebook: we are doing a reverse retro jersey giveaway. Yes. Anyone that shares the post and likes and follows us on Facebook, you're entered into the drawing for a free reverse retro, whatever size you want, whatever name you want on the back. I'm sure it'll be Caprizov, but hell, if you want to put Gantlifter on the back, we'll do that too. Nice. Genius.
3: Yeah. No, good call on the giveaway. Um, but yeah, I know in regards to the actual team and what we're getting into, Uh, We're the smallest team in a big division, and that's all we play. And our defensemen are going to get worn down. Um, They do every year. That's been the Wild's MO. We've never had a big defensive core, and we've never been able to control a team. Um, And that's just who the Wild are. I've paid a close attention to the Wild because I'm a big hockey fan, and they traded my nephew away after he was a first-round pick in uh, 2009. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't. know. They still. not. It's not like he's a big guy. You know, he's not going to be out there. But um, yeah, it, it's tough to watch him go out there and and get kind of out muscled in a sense. And we have a lot of skill. And I think that the pieces are, are are coming along. But you know, there's a lot of talent in the NHL, and the pieces are coming along for a lot of other teams too. You know, so. Hockey is hockey, and at least we got high school. The hockey to watch, and we got golfers playing well, and it's fun to watch the NHL. And it's going to come down to the wire, like it does every year. That's the other great thing about hockey is it has so much parity. But as far as what I see, the Wild, I see us competing. I see us playing uh, great games. I see us being competitive till the end. But ultimately, ultimately, I see us not uh, not advancing that far in the playoffs.
1: Come on, Josh. They're finishing above St. Louis. Third place in the division, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I
3: love it. That was great. It
4: was great. Thank you for your optimism. <laughs> it's first, first third of the season. That's what happens.
2: <laughs> yep. He he can't uh, even tell you he agrees. He just says thank you for your optimism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'll be the, the one. Well, I guess we'll all be smiling when they hit third place, but I'll be the one laughing when they do. I like, like it. Oh, go, man. We yeah, we don't talk about we don't we don't talk about Montreal. I would
2: take the Northwest Passage <laughs> to find the hand of Franklin Regine.
1: Notice the poutine in the side. Good, good one, Hoppy. That one wasn't me. <laughs> oh man. All right, boys. Uh, we've been going an hour and a half. I think we're gonna wrap things up here. Um again for anybody who just joined the live stream later in the show. Uh, we got Josh and Mark from back channel brewing. Uh, they've been on the the entire episode. It's been, uh, it's been so much fun. Um, again, we already gave you guys, uh, you know, room to, to pump, you know, what you have, you know, coming in the, in, uh, as far as the business side and in in with your beer production and stuff, but where can the folks find you? I know you're super active on Facebook. You got those promo videos. Uh, one last plug before we wrap things up here on episode 123 of the soda pod.
3: You know, we're in year three, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of who Back Channel is. Uh, we're going into our little expansion. We're going to have uh, a little bit more beer to go around, and uh, uh, just expect big things. We're 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 a little guy, but we make, make a lot of noise. Yeah, that's
4: perfectly said. Oh, I try amazing. to... Oh, my headphones just went out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey.
4: Josh said it best. Josh said it best. I mean, when the
1: headphone batteries die, that means, you know, we've, we've gone long enough on a podcast. I think, uh, again, Josh and Mark, thank you so much for joining us guys. Uh, cheers to you. Oh shit. This is a big bowl. I gotta gotta be careful not to spill. Cheers, boys. Cheers, everybody. (laughs) Cheers. You guys. Uh, As always folks, thanks for tuning in on, uh, you know, Google, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. The best thing you can do for us this week is to give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, again, the, the rating and the review, it's not for our egos. Just give us those five stars. It helps us rise on Chartable and basically gets more listeners on the podcast, which is just what we want. Go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, and on your app, download the episode before you listen as it helps our business. Joey, where can the folks find you, sir? They can find me on Twitter at Joey Neto find myself at vi sports talk you can find the network at hockey pod and of course the soda pod at the soda pod poppies at state of hoppy i know there's a lot of twitter handles but most of you here are t- tuning in right now you know where to find us um again all those tuning in on the live stream all those who tune in back on the podcast we really appreciate uh your support this year it's a great season thus far and uh we're really excited to continue to bring you some beer talk and hockey talk this season so with that signing off I'm Isha Dromi, alongside State of Hoppy, Joey Netto, Josh and Mark from Back Channel Brewing. We we good, boys?
4: We're good. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys.
1: This has been The Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.